Welcome in. It is a Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune. I am here at one of my favorite places, and that would be Cavens Group. Gary, Amanda, the crew out here. Chris, they're awesome. They are the very best at what they do. And, uh, you know, recently, I'm always out at Riverwind, too, another one of my favorite places. And Riverwind, last Friday, had a big-time show. They reopened the Showplace Theater, and they had a legendary group on the uh, Showplace Theater stage last Friday. And that was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Now, you're happy if you're dealing with Earth, Wind, and Fire musically, right? But Cavens will help you fight a real nuisance known as water, mold, and fire. That is not the group you want around, your house. Flooding, you don't want to deal with mold issues. You certainly don't want to deal with smoke issues. Water, mold, and fire, that's not the ticket, right? But they can help you deal with any kind of emergency. They have the best reputation in the business. They're great at roofing as well. My man Chris Smith out here will get you set up, get you taken care of. Happy to be out here at Cavens Group. Not only is their reputation the best at uh, what they do, but they also give back a bunch to the community. They reinvest in the Norman, Oklahoma City area, helping groups uh, with whatever really they need. And we'll have Gary on a little bit later to tell us more about that. But Cavens here in the Norman, Oklahoma City area, as I've suggested, I would put this in your phone contacts and just put Cavens Emergency. Cavens Group and then emergency or whatever. That way, if anything disastrous happens to you or your family, your home, your business, then you have that number right there. Cavens Group, Cavens Emergency. In Norman and Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. In uh, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. And online at Cavens Group, C-I-V-I-N-S, CavensGroup.com. Parker Thune, how we doing? I can't complain, Steely. I mean, more good news last night. Oklahoma picks yeah. up a commitment from four-star mm-hmm. edge rusher Wyatt Gilmore, so two commits in two days. Uh, second week in a row we've had two commits in two days at the University of Oklahoma. So ten pledges in the 2024 cycle as a whole. Uh, it's going up for Oklahoma on the recruiting trail. Things are trending in a positive direction. Yeah, you look at uh, who the Sooners have now, and I think by how they're rated, it's uh, four-star wide receiver Zion Kearney, four-star safety uh, Jaden Hardy, four-star corner Jeremiah Newcomb, four-star quarterback Michael Hawkins, four-star linebacker James Nesta, who also obviously was a recent uh, commitment to Oklahoma. Then you have you've got four, uh, five four-stars, three. Uh, uh, you have uh, five. Three stars, five four-stars, five three-stars. The uh, three-stars, offensive tackle Isaiah Autry, wide receiver K.J. Daniels, wide receiver Doze Ezukama, three-star running back Xavier Robinson from uh, Carl Albert, who committed just the other day, and then last night, three-star edge uh, rusher, defensive end Wyatt Gilmore out of Rogers, Minnesota. What do you see looking at the tape from uh, Wyatt Gilmore, and who did the Sooners beat to land him? Yeah, well, Oregon was in on his services. Miami was in pursuit of Gilmore as well. Minnesota was doing their darndest to keep him home. Kansas State was involved. Uh, Purdue wanted Gilmore badly. There were a multiplicity, Iowa, Missouri. There were plenty of Power 5 programs that wanted Wyatt Gilmore. But in the end, 
Oklahoma won out. He took two unofficials during the spring, came back for an OV at the Champion Barbecue, and he freely acknowledged uh, in his commitment er interview with OU Insider that going into the Champion Barbecue, he had a pretty good idea that he was going to commit to Oklahoma if the visit went according to plan. It did. Look, you flip on the tape, what you immediately understand is that this guy's a mean football player. And it's kind of tough to gauge just how high his ceiling truly is because he plays his high school ball up in Minnesota, a state with not a ton of exposure, and obviously the competition level is not what it is in Oklahoma or Texas or Missouri or any of the states that Oklahoma fans are traditionally more familiar with their recruits coming from. I think we mentioned it earlier in the week, Oklahoma hasn't rostered a player from the state of Minnesota in almost 60 years, so it's been a minute. But Gilmore's a guy that I really like on film. Obviously, Oklahoma fell in love with him early on, offered him back in February, made a hard push to bring him in. Uh, and now, now that you got him locked down, I think the focus all the more turns towards Zena Amosalu, Nigel Smith, and Williams Nwaneri. Those are pretty much the three at defensive end that Oklahoma's going to do their best to close on down the stretch. Yeah, and you're looking at uh, where Oklahoma is in the national rankings on uh, on three. They are number 17 on rivals. They're number 34 uh, on 247. They are number 36 in the national uh, recruiting rankings for the 2024 class. You just mentioned uh, Will Nwaneri, and uh, there's obviously a lot of interest there. He and David Stone, if you could land both those guys and another couple of those uh, big-time defensive line prospects, and then you throw, like, Taylor Tatum and Caden Durham into the mix, all of a sudden you're looking at a class that could absolutely skyrocket up the rankings and be a top ten class uh, in the country and maybe even go higher than that if you get all of those guys. Speaking about uh, Williams Winery, here is what uh, Steve Wilpfong of 247 Sports said the other day about his recruitment and Georgia getting some momentum. We want to play this, and then, Parker, I'll have you uh, react to it. So, okay, hold, hold, so Steve first, then I react? Yes. Okay, yep. here we go. Here is Mr. Wiltfong, the National Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports on williams Nwaneri. I think they're really trending since his official visit the weekend of June 2nd. Uh, I think his relationship with Coach Chidera, Uzo Deribe, his talks with Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, and, and, and Glenn Schumann, all those have, have moved the needle. And uh, I think that the, the program's track record on the field and player development has put them in, in a terrific position alongside mainstay Oklahoma in this recruitment. Todd Bates, Coach Chavis, Brent Venables, they've been on uh, Winery. He's been to Oklahoma six or seven times now, so very familiar. He took his official visit the weekend of June 9th. So I think those two teams are in the best position right now. Tennessee has started to fade there. Missouri also got him on campus for his official visit, which was a Thursday to Saturday deal. Then he went to Atlanta to spend some time with family and also catch back up with the Bulldogs. And his coach told me that he had a nice time at Missouri too. But uh, Georgia trending up. Oklahoma always been a front runner. And uh, I think, you know, he's got an official visit set for Oregon for the fall. Maybe he makes his decision before that. All right, that is Steve Wilpong, and that is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, in the uh, brand new Tri City location out at Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full service clinics do an incredible job of treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. All right, so uh, 
What do you think, Parker, hearing what uh, Wilt Fong had to say? Uh, do you differ at all? I mean, look, I think a lot of what he said is true. And there is some truth in the, to, to the notion that George is in a stronger position than they were to start the month of June. Uh, he mentioned in an article today on 24-7 Sports that he views Georgia as the team to beat. I disagree. I view Oklahoma as the team to beat. And I think what I think the word that he used in that soundbite to describe Oklahoma in this recruitment is a good one, and that is the word constant. Through all the ups and downs of Nwaneri's recruitment over the last year and a half or so, the one constant has been Oklahoma. He's always had an admiration for Brent Venables and Miguel Chavis. He's always been high on the Sooners. He's visited campus a half dozen times. And so as other programs have risen and fallen into and out of contention for Nwaneri, Oklahoma has just kind of remained there at or near the top throughout this whole ordeal. And I, I am firmly of the opinion that OU has led outright in this race since March. For the last three going on four months, I don't think there has been a program that has been in as good a position with one area as Oklahoma. So, yeah, I think there's truth to what Wilt Fong is saying. I differ a little bit on some key points. At the end of the day, I still feel the best about Oklahoma, and that's where things stand on June 29th, 2023. Here is another uh, issue that uh, could play a factor in this decision coming down for Winnery eventually. And if Georgia is going to be a factor, and it certainly looks like they they are going to be, you guys and, uh, you know, if you're a recruiting fanatic, you may have seen this story. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which has a really good reputation, by the way, uh, just came out with a report that during Kirby Smart's tenure at Georgia – 11 different players remained with the team even after women reported them for violent encounters. So that certainly does not look good at all. And if you're the parent of a kid who's considering uh, the University of Georgia and you see this, you know, and I think they're going to continue the reporting on this stuff, you know, do you think, well, is this the next Art Bryles here? What's going on in Georgia? I don't know, but – it's a it's a very damning report, and again, the report, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, during Kirby Smart's tenure at Georgia, 11 different players remained on the squad even after women reported them for violent encounters, including one uh, that was uh, charged with rape. I, I, you know, I, that I don't think was adjudicated or anything, but that player also remained on the team. So, well, and I Parker, think, that's something else to look at. I think if you're Oklahoma and you're going toe-to-toe with Georgia for several recruits right now, most notably Williams Nwaneri, what is one of your primary selling points at OU? It's culture. And I think what Venables and his staff are undoubtedly going to do in the wake of that report with Nwaneri and some of the other targets that they're battling Georgia for is say, hey, do you really want to be – a part of a program that maintains this type of culture, we're the diametric opposite at Oklahoma. There will be none of that. We will not tolerate any of that here. So you can come here and you can be insulated from all of the BS that goes on at places like Georgia where culture isn't regulated properly, or you can go there and, yeah, you know what, you might win a national championship, but at what cost? 
And is there any guarantee that the program itself isn't going to fall into disrepair because of sanctions that they might face down the line because of the way that they've handled a situation like this? Yeah, you don't know. And like I said, this isn't like Yard Barker or something like that making this report. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with this report, and it's a very damning one on uh, the Georgia program. Does not look good at all. All right, we are here at Cavens Group. Happy to be out here. My man uh, Duke, Duke the dog, is here. Duke is the man out here. Uh, Gary is 1A. It's Duke in charge. Gary 1A. And uh, Amanda is 1B. So we're happy to be out here at Cavens Group. Always enjoy being out here. And they'll do a great job for you. 13 years in the business. They give back to the community. You have uh, water, flooding damage. You have smoke damage. Uh, you have, you know, mold in your home or business. They are the people to get it taken care of. Here in uh, the Oklahoma City metro area, 405-573-3048. And in Tulsa and Stillwater, 918-282-7612. Online at cavensgroup.com. Also want to thank our friends over at Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. You need that AC working and working really, really effectively right now because Mr. Heat is out there and uh, is not smiling upon us right now. It's going to be another 100-degree day here in uh, in the Norman area. All right, so Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems, they'll do great work for you, 405 405- Five seven nine thirty one thirteen. All right, let's come right back. Let's get to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line, 405-651-3439. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you on this Thursday edition right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. Here at Cavens Group on a Thursday, how we doing, everybody? Parker's back in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Cavens Group, Gary's going to join us uh, around 1235 today. We also have T.J. Eckert lined up to join us on the Riverwind Casino hotline at 405-329-9000. Coming up here in a little bit, Duke is pawing at me like, hey, why would you stop petting me out here? Duke, the the official uh, house dog here at Cavens. Great dog. Great dog. All right. Caden Massey's decision tonight, uh, 7.30, and it's Oklahoma, Nebraska, K-State, and Ole Miss, I believe. And you're thinking that's going to be a get for Nebraska still? I think that's going to be Nebraska or Kansas State. Those are the two programs kind of battling it out down to the wire here. It's not going to be Oklahoma. I know that much. So Massey will not be a Sooner tonight. There you go. The Sooners now, again, with uh, the commitments they've gotten in the last couple of days, uh, the X-Men, Xavier Robinson out of Carl Albert, and Wyatt Gilmore, the uh, defensive end from Rogers, Minnesota, last night now have 10 uh, committed in this 2024 class. So a little momentum now starting to uh, pick up for Oklahoma. And uh, Xavier Robinson, man, I'm looking at that, and the more you see the tape and you look at the stats and you know what kind of program he comes from, hearing the kid speak the other day too, that could that kid looks better than a three-star to me. And uh, I think he has a chance to be a real factor at OU. So we'll see. Okay, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Always available to you, and the Ref Army usually uh, sends in a ton of uh, text during the show, so let's start right there, 405-651-3439. Take it away, Parker. If, okay, here's a text from Ronnie Crimson. It's kind of a doomsday uh, 
predication here, but if the Sooners lose out on Devon Mitchell, do you have any idea where they turn for tight end in the 2024 cycle? Would they just not take one? Or would or would they just not take one? Ronnie also adds Malachi Coleman will appear in my dreams tonight. Look, if Devon yeah. Mitchell isn't a Sooner, I would expect that Oklahoma kind of throws the kitchen sink at Ivan Carrion and does all they can to flip him from Texas Tech. I just there, – there's a lot riding on this Mitchell decision coming on July 8th. If it's Oklahoma, man, that's great. That's the biggest splash addition at the tight end position for Oklahoma on the recruiting trail in years, maybe decades. If it goes Miami or Alabama's way – I have no idea where you turn. And mm-hmm. to be honest, whichever way you do turn, you're not going to find somebody as talented as Devon Mitchell. So it's a step down if you don't get that kid. That said, I do like OU as we get yeah. close to a decision there. It does, that is, does feel like the Sooners maintain the edge. That That's a week from this coming Saturday. Uh, July 8th is the date for uh, Devon Mitchell. And, you know, he was with Michael Hawkins in uh, – in high school in Texas before he, you know, he moved away, right? But the thought process was, you know, they're still tight, and Devon Mitchell will probably wind up at Oklahoma. So, you know, it's easy to fall back every time if, if Oklahoma loses this kid and say, well, it's NIL, it's always the bag man, you know, or Oklahoma gets the guy. And in some cases, I think that's accurate. You know better than I do, Parker, but almost everybody thinks that is what happened with D.J. Hicks last year with A&M. But uh, when you throw Miami in the mix, Miami is heavily involved in the NIL game. So uh, I, I think that could be a case again where Oklahoma loses out to to NIL dollars. Now, Alabama maybe just likes Bama. I mean, Bama's a great place to go play, play football at a high level for a great coach and have a great chance to win a national championship. But what do you think the factors are? are down the stretch in this recruitment of uh, Devon Mitchell? Well, NIL is certainly involved. I'll say that much. Is it the primary factor? No, it is not. The decision isn't going to be made, isn't going to be made excuse me, solely based on money. Relationships matter. Scheme matters. Fit matters. Tight end usage in the offense matters. A lot of things matter down the stretch here for Devon Mitchell. But at the end of the day, I think what gives Oklahoma fans a lot of confidence in this battle is that, A, Oklahoma has historically made use of the tight end in their offense. That has been a constant, and they have continued to churn out NFL tight ends year after year, decade after decade. And also, Devon Mitchell's best friend just happens to be Oklahoma's quarterback commit in the class of 2024. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so we'll see what the uh, stronger factor is down the stretch. But, uh, again, that decision, Devon Mitchell's decision, is uh, due to come down on a Saturday, July 8th. And uh, Caden Massey tonight, 730, the offensive lineman. Parker said again, it's not going to be Oklahoma. We'll either be Nebraska or Kansas State when that commitment comes down. Okay, so Brent's philosophy is, you know, if you're committed to us, you are committed. There are no other visits. You know, last year uh, Ashton Cozart kind of tested that and uh, made a trip to Oregon, and he was no longer on the Sooners' commitment list. But you did have some guys last year. You had Anthony Evans, the wide receiver from Texas, who uh, committed to Oklahoma, 
and then later flipped to Georgia. You also had Colton Vosick, of course, who was committed to Oklahoma. And it kind of a strange, wow, Colton Vosick just committed to OU. Well, Colton Vosick also was a Longhorn legacy, ended up flipping back to Texas, and uh, obviously is on the Longhorns roster. So of these 10 you're looking at right here, Zion Kearney, Jaden Hardy, Jeremiah Newcomb, uh, James Nesta, Michael Hawkins, Isaiah Autry, K.J. Daniels, Dozie, Ezukama, Xavier Robinson, and Wyatt Gilmore. Are there any on that list that you look at and say, mm, that could be a flip down the road? Or well, do you feel pretty secure with all of them? Well, I think the easy answer is, let's say there comes a time where LSU decides to offer K.J. Daniels. And if mm-hmm. Oklahoma has four wide receiver commits at that time, because they're trending nicely for Zion Raggins right now out of the state of Georgia, if Oklahoma has four receiver commits and LSU comes knocking on K.J. Daniels' door, it'll be hard for that kid not to flip. But outside of that, outside of that one very specific situation, I don't look at any of Oklahoma's current commits and figure that they're likely to flip somewhere down the line. I don't foresee that happening. Yeah, and, and you said that the minute that uh, K.J. Daniels committed to Oklahoma, that LSU could be a factor down the stretch. We'll see. Uh, you know, would you rather have, could it come down to, you know, if, if it does happen that LSU offers K.J. Daniels, he ends up, you know, going uh, – to commit to the Tigers and play his college football at LSU, would you rather have K.J. Daniels or would you rather have Zion Raggins? What do you think? I'd rather have Zion Raggins. I think many would agree that Zion Raggins, between the two, is the guy that has, uh, A, more production so far in his high school career, and B, the higher ceiling collegiately. But it's close, I'll say that. Those two are very much cut from the same cloth. All right, we're here at Cavens Group. It is a Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune. We're going to break real quick. We do have T.J. Eckert coming up at 135. A lot more uh, Sooner football to talk about. Uh, that is our main focus here. 405-461-3439. Let's hear from you guys and ladies out there on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. we got a lot of stuff to cover today, and we're going to keep at it. We'll also hear from Gary Cavens when we get back. Keep it right here on The Ref. We are back. What a great song that is. Don't do me like that. Parker's favorite, Tom Petty, one of his favorites anyway. You don't want mold to do you like that. You don't want flooding to do you like that. You don't want smoke damage to do you like that, like set you back a bunch of money and extreme irritation. And the man who can get that taken care of for you is with us right now here at Cavens Group. Gary Cavins, and uh, Gary, we're dealing with a 100-degree temperature again today, 100 degrees uh, plus. I think yesterday it got up to like 101, something like that, and we're supposed to be in the same ballpark today. What do you guys deal with a lot in terms of extreme heat and what that can do also? Well, with the extreme heat comes um, high humidity. Um, with If you get that mixed in with the moisture that we've been having also because we've had a lot of rain, um, and storms here in the last 30 days. Um, so you get moisture, um, you get heat, you get um, high humidity, and then you end up with mold. It's a perfect formula for it. And uh, I was at a, I did a, a, an investigation this morning where it was a, a house where somebody had put a nail through a, um, a water, an exterior water faucet hose hookup. And every time they used the water faucet it would flood the inside the house well this was the house is six years old and 
it was um, when the house was built was when this was done. So it's been linking in the wall for six years every time they turn on that faucet. Wow. And um, it, they called us out. They found it because the, the plumber found the leak. They, and it was full of mold and everything. And then they called us out to investigate the issue. And we, we've obviously, you know, the water intrusion issue had already been resolved. And we were looking at everything. I was talking to her. Well, the plumber had cut all the sheetrock out. So he'd stirred up all of the mold. So basically it had stirred up all that mold and activated it into the air. And she was talking to me. And um, she was talking to me about her grandkids had been there. And they had severe, al- and they were having um, reactions. Um, they were there yesterday, and now they have um, uh, asthma, and the asthma was aggravated, um, itchy throat, itchy eyes. They were sick, um, and they were going to the doctor today. And so, you know, I mean, people out there, uh, you know, we talk about mold here, but there's not a lot. Of, it's not a popular subject. It's not talked about on the news. It's not talked about on TV all the time. And people don't really understand the effects that it can do to you. But it can affect certain people. Some people may be perfectly fine. Some people, it may affect them. So if you have mold or you think you might have mold, don't let somebody just tear into it. Don't let somebody that's not a professional come in and test it. Don't let somebody that's not a professional come in and remediate it. Um, There are landlords out there on the commercial and the residential side that will go in and do it themselves and leave spores everywhere and um, then call us call us in and say, hey, uh, I did this myself, but the mold's back. Well, the mold's back because you didn't do it right. So you have to hire professionals. You have to hire people that know what you're, what's going on. And it's always good to hire somebody local that's giving back to the community. But if you think that you might have mold, don't disturb it. That's the, that's the most number one and most important step. Whether you call me or you call somebody else, don't disturb it. Let the professional come in figure out what's going on and resolve it so you don't make it airborne and you don't get people sick. And, and that's, you know, whether it's a restaurant, it's a hotel, it's an apartment, it's a rental property, it's your personal home, it's your office that you work at. Um, you know, we train and we spend hours and hours and hours training to do this. And um, so, you know, it's important to call the people that do train to do this. It was interesting. I was listening to you with uh, Plank. Uh, earlier this morning, and this is something I didn't think about. If you're a landlord or you uh, you have a lot of you know rental properties or an apartment complex or whatever, there are people that are sometimes making meth in those you know habitations, right? And I'm not saying you're going to clean up Heisenberg's uh, RV or whatever, but still, that kind of stuff happens quite frequently these days, and you can do cleanup there as well because you could get. If let's say you buy a rental home and you have no idea, but you can check that uh, and you can do the cleanup because that can come become a very hazardous situation also. A hundred percent. People rent places so that they can set up these labs and do this kind of stuff. And what we can do is come in and, you know, after the police get rid of them or they move out and they move to their next spot, um, we can come in and test number one make sure that there is a problem there and then number two we can come in and clean it up and this is stuff that you don't need to be cleaning up on your own you don't know what's mixed in it you don't know if there's fentanyl in it you don't know if you know it is nasty nasty stuff and it requires professionals to do it Um, and it just it was a natural fit for us to move it in with the crime scene uh, uh, trauma cleanup Uh, it was just a natural kind of 
move in for us. So we did some a bunch of additional training and education to our employees and myself, and uh, we, we, we've brought that in so that we do that now. Yeah, you, you can go in, as you said, and inspect and say, yeah, this is all good. There was nothing here. Or you can say, yeah, we got a little bit of a problem here. You know, I wouldn't have anybody moving into this place just yet until you get it taken care of, right? That's right. You know, you know, people ask me all the time, they're like, well, what do you really do? And I was like, you know, my answer, the number one answer is I'm worried about everybody's health and safety. That's what we do. We, we make sure whether there is a fire, there's mold, there's a water loss, um, there's water testing, all the different things that we do are environment, are, are emergency based and environmental based. And we're here to help, um, the health of your structure, um, and the health and the safety of your family and your employees. So we have a wide variety of testing. We do from mold testing, mold investigation, uh, structural fire, wildfire investigation, testing, uh, meth lab inspection and testing water, uh, intrusion investigation, um, groundwater investigation and testing is one of our new ones too. Um, and you know, because the pollutants get into rivers that go on your property, get in your ponds and stuff. You may have an oil company next door and then you may have pollutants in your pond or something like that. That's something we can come in and investigate and look at for you too. We all saw Aaron Brockovich, I think, right? Yes. That kind of stuff yes. happens. Yes, it does. It does. And, and that's what we're here for. We, we are, we're, uh, you know, whether a car hits a building, emergency board up, we're here for emergency services and we're here for testing, investigation and removal, remediation, restoration as needed. Maybe we can get a little uh, Netflix special going, Cavens versus the cartel. <laughs> as soon as they're out, you go clean up every day and make sure that they, uh, they track them down. So there you go, because you guys obviously clearly are the good guys in that matchup. There's no question about that. No question about it. So we also have a special today that we wanted to throw out there. We're doing, uh, Chris has asked me to do a special and I said, you know, we do free inspections all day long. He said, let's do a special. And I said, okay. So if you call in today and you have Chris do an inspection on your roof and you sign up with us. Uh, this week, and you say that you heard us on the ref, then we will give you a free class four upgrade on your roof. There you go. Chris is a good dude. Norman Tiger, uh, known that guy for a long time. He will treat you right, and Cavens will do a great job for you. Gary, as always, it's always fun being out here. Appreciate you dropping by. Thank you so much. Gary Cavins, the man out here at Cavins Group, 13 years in the business, and they have a fantastic reputation as the very best in the area. In uh, the metro area, 405-573-3048. In uh, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Online at CavinsGroup.com. All right, why don't we do this, Parker? Let's break uh, a couple minutes early, about 90 seconds early, so we can come back and get to as many texts as we uh, can. 405 651 3439 on the Meyer Chevrolet tax line and talk a little more college football when we get back right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. We are back here at Cavens Group. Love being out of here. Duke, the Wonder Dog, is looking for attention and then falling asleep, falling asleep, then waking up and uh, pawing me again. Please keep patting me. What a great dog out of here. Duke is the best, and uh, so is Cavins. In uh, the metro area, 405-573-3048. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Put those numbers in your phone contact 
list, all right? Cavens Group, Cavens Emergency. Uh, you may, you know, if you uh, you might want to put Cavens Group and then Emergency down below. That way, if anything happens to you, we've got Fourth of July fireworks coming, right? Somebody's bound to pull a pull a, put put it in reverse Terry situation, right? <laughs> you never know. So Cavens Group Emergency, put those numbers in. If you're in the metro area, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. That way, if you ever get uh, hit with a real emergency situation, you don't want to be, you know, your, uh, you know, your computer's down or whatever, uh, you have that number right there in your contact. C-A-V-I-N-S, Cavens Group Emergency and uh, their numbers are available, of course, uh, if you didn't catch them. Again, 405-573-3048. And in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. All right, by the way, Parker, we have to do this every day now. It is 12.50 on Thursday, June 29th, and Muleshoe is still wanted by state authorities for crimes against the University of Oklahoma and the states. I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. End of discussion. Next question. Okay, so if you see that man in his uh, tag along. Uh, Mr. Stroud, report them to local authorities. They are they're uh, dangerous because they lie. Anyway, uh, how we doing, everybody? Hope you're good. I'm here at Cavens Group. By the way, I wanted you to react to this too, uh, Parker, because I got this uh, last night DM to me by I'll just all for OU Steely. Love your show, but you saying this is the most important year in the history of Oklahoma football. Might be the most hyperbolic thing I've ever heard on sports radio. Oh, boy. Keep up the good work. Well, he used hyperbolic. I like that. And I don't think it was, you know, necessarily, a you know, an angry uh, message or anything. But what do you think, Parker Thune? Is that the most hyperbolic uh, statement ever in the history of sports radio, that this season coming up for the University of Oklahoma football team is the most important one in school history? No, listen, I don't think that's hyperbolic at all, Steely, and I don't feel, I don't feel near, nearly as qualified as you to make a grandiose sweeping statement like that because I haven't been around as long. I haven't witnessed as many, OUs, uh, as many eras of OU football as you have, but... I think because of the seismic nature of the pending move to the SEC, as well as the fact that you're coming off a 6-7 and seven season that was the first losing campaign of the 21st century at OU, yes, I think it's certainly fair to say that there is a case for this 2023 season as the most pivotal in school history because you have not dealt with anything as a program as significant as this move to the SEC, I don't think. Nothing has the opportunity to affect the long-term direction of your program, nothing that I can recall at least, quite like the pending move to the SEC, the conference where, you know, in today's day and age of college football, the vast majority of the talent, the elite coaching, the elite facilities are concentrated. So, Because you have this season sandwiched in between the move to the SEC and 
six and seven. Yeah, I no, I don't think it's hyperbolic. I don't feel qualified to render a flat yes or no verdict to your statement, but I would I would certainly say that there is no hyperbole detectable there. Well, and the reason I say this, you could go back and say, well, what about, you know, the first season or, you know, Benny Owen or Bud's first year or Barry Switzer taking over in 1973 or after, you know, Howard went 5-5-1 five, five, and one, and then John Blake had three straight losing seasons. How about Bob's first year, you know, in Norman when they went 7-5 and five and he started to resurrect the program? All, all big ones, no doubt. But because of the changing landscape in college football, and as you said, Parker, you drop off a 6-7, and seven, which, you know, we've talked about since Bud arrived on campus in 1947, that OU has had a total of six losing seasons. We looked at Texas. They've doubled that, 12. So, again, you also have out there, and I'll make the bad golf analogy again, but you've been playing a solid, uh, you know, the Big 12 has it's got a few tough holes out there, but it's, it's basically a good, solid public course. You're going to freaking Oakmont in the U.S. Open now, all right? And it's going to be a lot more challenging. You can't afford to go out and and you know go seven and five or eight and four. Would that be a disaster? It wouldn't be a total disaster, but it wouldn't be good. You because this schedule also is laid out for you to go out and win at least ten games if you play anywhere like an Oklahoma Sooner football team should. And I think they're going to be much improved. But you can't afford. You know, if you have a let's say seven and five or something like that. Uh, pray tell you don't go like six and six or whatever. But, you know, you were able to put together a top five recruiting hall despite that disaster on the field last year. But, you know, that that won't happen if you continue to uh, play below sooner standards on the gridiron in the fall. I think they're going to have a bounce back year. But you've got to get some momentum coming in, man, to that first year in the SEC. So I'm going to stand by that. I do think, with everything considered, uh, it is the most important year in the history of Oklahoma football. Now, you could look at a national championship season, maybe that slipped away like 78 or back-to-back championship years in 74 and 75. Switzer, you know, they had a bounce back in 84, won the championship in 85. There were some people, as beloved as Barry Switzer is and always will be, that were on Barry Switzer's case because they were going, you know, uh, eight and three or whatever at that time. And then he got that incredible recruiting class that came in, and a couple years later they win the national championship. So there have been important years. But with everything, all things considered, right now, I think this is the most important year for the Sooners ever. You've just you've got to go out. I'm not saying you got to win, you know, the national championship, but I tell you what would be very nice you have been the bully in the Big 12 from day one. You have dominated the conference. Why not go out, win yourself a Big 12 championship? And, again, if you do that, you're probably going to the uh, the, the college football playoff, obviously. Um, that would be a great way to go out. And with this schedule, and I don't see a world-beating team out there. Okay, Texas, we always hear them hyped up. Kansas State, yes. They've been the Sooners' kryptonite. Chris Kleiman's a heck of a coach. They also lost Deuce Vaughn and some really good players. I know Will Howard played well. But this is a this is a season where you could go win the Big 12 
if you make the kind of improvement you need to make. So what do you guys think? Is that is that a false statement? Is that a false statement that this coming season is the most important one in OU football history when you throw everything out there? Now, listen, I, I will obviously collect opinions via the text line as we head into next hour, but is it a true statement? Is it a false statement? People will undeniably be divided somewhat on that, but there's no denying, at least in my mind, that it's not a hyperbolic statement because this is – I mean – And we all knew this at the time when the news broke, heck, nearly two years ago now that Oklahoma was going to join the SEC. We all knew this was a watershed moment in the history of OU athletics. Yeah, yeah, Because this is going to be the most competitive conference OU has ever resided in. And I, I would say, obviously, the old Big Eight had some very competitive football teams, had some championship football teams. Any given year in the SEC, there I would say there are going to be tw- 10 to 12 teams that are no more than a few bounces, a win or two away from being in college football playoff contention. Yeah, and I think, you know, OU's reputation, I think the only school with a legit argument that has a better overall reputation through history than OU might be Alabama. The Sooners take a backseat to nobody there. Coming right back, keep it here. Yes, 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 let's talk about it. I am here at Cabin's Group. Love being out here. My man Parker back in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings studio here on this Thursday. Cabin's Group, they have a great reputation as being the very best in the business, and they've got a great rep in the community as well because they give back nearly $500,000 given back to this uh, great community here in the state of Oklahoma in the last four and a half years. We've been talking about you programming Kevin's phone number into your cell phone contacts. That way, if you have an emergency, you have the numbers right there. Kevin's group, put it in your contacts. In the uh, metro area, Norman, Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Don't forget, 4th of July is happening. Somebody, some stupid with a flare gun, right, caused the issue. That's how the smoke got in the water in that song, correct? It was some stupid with a flare gun. Well, some stupid with a Roman candle or something is going to cause an emergency. Hopefully it won't affect you, but, uh, again, it is the 4th of July weekend coming up. And, again, uh, Gary wanted to make sure that everybody knows they will be available for fireworks or grilling fire cleanup if needed around the clock. So make Cavens Group, Caven's Group your first call when the uh, fire truck gets there or leaves, 405-573-3048, or in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. All right, Parker Thum, uh, why don't we go to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line, 405-651-3439. Let's do it. To the text line we go from the 405. Steely is right. A subpar season in 2023, and we will lose players in the transfer portal and we'll lose 2024 recruits. And good luck recruiting in 2025. We seem to have gotten a mulligan from last year's dismal performance as far as recruiting is concerned. We aren't getting another one for the 2023 season. I like that. That, That's a good way to put it, a mulligan. See, I, I need many mulligans on the golf course, many of them. But 
I like uh, I like the way you put that in that text. And again, Parker, here's a big thing. I'm not saying that Oklahoma is going to go out this fall and just be some great classic Sooner football team. I do think they're going to get better, and I think Brent is going to be better as a game day coach. I I think all of that's going to get better. But that schedule is so teed up for them to have a breakthrough season. And if you can't handle that schedule, you know what's coming, man. Uh, It's going to be a lot more difficult. So you've got to go out and win double-digit games. I mean, with this schedule, um, like I said, it's teed up for you. Like I said, 9-3 and should be the absolute floor, I believe. From another listener in the 405, I will absolutely say no to Steelman's statement being hyperbole. This is a season that could potentially turn Oklahoma into Nebraska. Oh, boy. Not saying it will, but if we drop off another 6-6, and then recruits might start to worry about us going to the SEC and view our program is not up to par. We could virtually disappear from the landscape of national championship discussions if this year doesn't go the right direction. If we can't do better than 6-6 and in a weak Big 12, then how can we possibly expect to win the SEC? There you go. And look, there's no guarantee that Oklahoma football is ever going to be the same. There's no guarantee of that. Now, I think it will because OU football has always managed to come back. You know, it didn't get any worse. Like I said, I can remember being on the field, uh, you know, one year during the John Blake years, and OU had just got spanked by Kansas at home. And Glenn Mason is walking off the field back to the visitors' locker room, and OU fans are dogging him and cursing him, and um, nobody spat on him, but it looked like they wanted to. But as he's going back to the visitors' locker room and going to to the ramp area, they're just cursing the guy for running up the score on OU. That's how bad it was. Uh, and then Bob Stoops stepped in. The culture changed, and that you know more than anything else, you know what it was. Bob's a heck of a football coach, and he put together a tremendous staff. But more than anything else, I think it was the culture change, and that's what Brent's been talking about. I can remember John Blake was a uh, a really fun guy, very gregarious, great personality. Uh, you know, you can see how how and why he recruited so well. People really liked uh, John Blake, but John Blake's the only coach that ever called me when i was working in tv i picked up the phone well first of all i got steely you have a call can i transfer back to who is it it's coach blake i'm like what it was like the off season hey mike just want to check and see how you're doing you know and i'm just sitting here you know i'm just listening to some marvin gay love marvin gay i could hear it playing in the background and uh, think about that just out of the blue that's the kind of guy that john blake was but they didn't have the structure or as much discipline as they needed. Um, and then I remember being down on the field for one of Bob's first uh, practices and, and scrimmages at, out at Owen Field. Early on, I'm thinking, how do we get down there, by the way? And I can remember Rocky Kalmus did something wrong down in the goal line situation, and they just, you know, ate his lunch for that. Uh, you know, it wasn't derogatory, but the points were being made that – you could tell it was a different, it was a different climate, it was a different ball game, and you could see the results uh, very early. And of course, in year two, you won a national championship. So, um, but like I said, with this slate they have lined up, I, I don't look at any game and say, man, I, I don't know. Now Texas, you know, always is going to determine a lot of your season, but 
like I said, you, you need to be able to go 10-2 and two with that schedule. You really do, if not better. A uh, couple more texts here. Were the two guys committing this week the ones that Parker thought was coming, or is there another he knows that can't divulge? No, the two commitments you got, Xavier Robinson and Wyatt Gilmore, those are the two that uh, I was expecting this week. I would figure it'll be pretty quiet from here on out up until Devon Mitchell's announcement on July 8th. Justin Denson does have a commitment date set for July 1st. OU's in that one. I sense a little bit of a Michigan State vibe right now, but it is OU and Michigan State battling it out, so hopefully some more clarity on that situation in the next couple of days. Uh, How about this text from AJ and Edmund? How long does Coach Biedenboe have before he's on the hot seat? No one can question his success as a developer, but continually whiffing in high school recruiting looks real bad. I... You probably should. I'm just going to give the floor to you, Steely, because I'm going to get angry if I am the first to address this. Well, I think I heard you talking about this uh, on the way home the other day during Locked In with uh, with Tyler. Bill Biedenboe, I mean, you know, his track record speaks for itself. The good thing about Bill Biedenboe, if you don't get, you know, the, uh, the high four-star or even a five-star O-lineman, they're usually going to turn out to be pretty good anyway, right, based on what you've seen uh, with with Sooner Lyman and what they do in the NFL. I mean, you've got Lane Johnson, Creed Humphrey, Orlando Brown, uh, uh, Trent Williams, that uh, those might be, you know, arguably the three best linemen in football, certainly in the conversation with Trent Williams, Creed Humphrey, and, and Lane Johnson. So I don't worry that much about Bill Biedenboe. He He'll always figure a way to get that uh, line working together and be pretty good, in my opinion. But, you know, um, who are they? Who do you think they have a shot at highly rated offensive linemen here, uh, you know, in recruiting at this point? Well, Grant Bricks and Eddie Pierre-Louis mm-hmm. as well. I mean, I think you're trying to yeah. turn the tide on Alabama with Casey Poe, which probably isn't happening because Alabama is Alabama. So, Alabama! Yeah, so look, I and here's what most – Here's what most understand. Not everyone does. I've said this before. I will reiterate it. Offensive line is a very difficult position to project when you've got prospects coming out of high school. You have no idea how they're going to develop, how they're going to take to conditioning, how much weight they can reasonably add on their frame while maintaining lateral quickness. Bray Walker is the highest rated signee on the offensive line for Oklahoma of the last 15 years. Yeah, Bray Walker never did a dang thing in the Crimson and Cream. But there have been plenty of guys from the three-star persuasion, Cody Ford, Ben Powers, Drew Samia, Orlando Brown, so on and so forth, that have gone on to enjoy distinguished NFL careers after their college days were over. So I don't worry about Bill Biedenboe because I don't think Bill Biedenboe ever whiffs. Now, Does he miss on top targets? Yes, missing on top targets is something that happens in every single recruiting office across the country. You're not going to sign everybody that you want every single year. It's simply not realistic. But I think whiffing, I think the use of that word implies that the product that you end up with on the football field is somehow inferior to what it would be if you had signed X player, Y player, Z player. And for Bill Biedenboe's group, for the offensive line at Oklahoma as a whole, it's never been an issue for Oklahoma. 
in the entirety of the going on 11 seasons that he's been at the University of Oklahoma. Offensive line has never been anywhere near the top of Oklahoma's list of problems. And if you want to make the argument that it's not a championship offensive line, well, okay, point me to a unit on this football team last year that was championship caliber. Point me to a unit on this football team historically that has been more championship caliber than the offensive line because I'll just as easily point you to two position groups that have been far less championship caliber than that offensive line. So I don't worry about Bill Biedenboe because Bill Biedenboe is objectively excellent at his job, and he does not need to recruit a bunch of five stars in order to be excellent at his job. Whatever happened to the uh, what's up with the uh, kid from uh, Massachusetts that OU was in on? Massachusetts? I, I th- are you yeah. thinking of Samson Okunlola? No, there was another kid. Am I, who am I? Uh, he was a top 100. He's a top 100 Liam kid. Liam Andrews. I, yes, Liam Andrews. That's the one. We so, know anything there? Uh, it's, it's not going to be OU for Liam Andrews. Okay. Uh, even Todd Bates' nemesis on the text line says, the offensive line was good last year. Todd Bates' nemesis, you know what? Todd Bates' nemesis is making us feel good the last couple days, right? I'm all for some positivity. Yeah, now, yeah, why not? But you know what? He's Like I said, if you want to dog Todd Bates, that's fine. I get it, I get it, I get it. Let's see what, how it plays out the rest of the year. But he's Todd Bates' nemesis has been uh, kind of spot on the last couple days. And Ronnie Crimson on the text line says, I think this is a very good way to sum it up. If you constantly develop NFL talent, does it matter how well you recruit based on star rankings? Mm-hmm. No, it does not. Anybody, yeah. There are people right now on message boards that are pumping narratives about Bill Biedenboe, negative narratives at that, based on the fact that OU is not getting Caden Massey tonight. If you want to pay more attention to the fact that Oklahoma is not going to end up with a commitment from a three-star kid out of the state of Kansas, if you're going to pay more attention to that reality than the reality that Bill Biedenboe just put an offensive tackle in the first round of the NFL draft two months ago, I can't help you. I'm with you. All right. Uh, usually Bill Biedenboe does a great job. He's, he's a champion in my book. You know who else is a champion? The one, the only, Riverwind Casino. They are the best in the business. Nearly 3,000 electronic games. They have all the best electronic games. And if you haven't seen the new gaming floor, it is awesome. The newly renovated Riverwind Casino. They have your favorite table games out there as well. Big time. Always exciting poker room. They've got a couple high-stakes areas as well. They've got the best bars and dining with a Coop Ale House bar. You have the River Buffet Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, an incredible food court with some great choices there. And now the seated area, they've got big screens all around you. You won't miss the game. The renovation is awesome. Great, great promotions like the new member seven where you can earn up to $450 in one day. And we have shows indoors and outdoors. Next up for Beats and Bites 2023, the outdoor concert series presented by Coop Ale Works, Mark Chestnut, with Shannon Dolan and Tracy Bird on July 8th, and the next show up at the Showplace Theater, Collective Soul, July 21st, indoors. The Showplace Theater made a grand comeback 
last Friday with a big-time show from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Tickets are available for the other shows, Collective Soul, Josh Turner, Counting Crows, Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis, Riverwind.com, or at the Casino Box Office. And by the way, the Beats and Bites tickets are only 10 bucks a piece for the great outdoor music festival. Get yours for Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird, July 8th. There'll also be an incredible fireworks spectacular as well, July 8th at Beats and Bites 2023. Coming right back, more texts on the way here in the rep. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we always talk about the best in the business. Cavens Group certainly is that here in the uh, Norman, Oklahoma City area, 405-573-3048. Put that number in your phone contacts list, Cavens Group. That way, when you have an emergency, the number's right there for you. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Like I said, we've got uh, Fourth of July fireworks are going to be happening. You know what that means. Like I said, somebody is going to make a mistake. What is the greatest fireworks uh, disaster that wasn't a, a total disaster, but the best, I think, in uh, video form on social media was Put It in Reverse Terry. Is there any other one that approaches Put It in Reverse Terry? Yeah, somebody on the text line was like, Parker, have you even seen Put It in Reverse Terry? Yeah, I was in high school when that video was making the rounds. <laughs> Sheesh. We that was... See- if you can get audio of that maybe on YouTube or something, we'll play it into the break. It was a it was a guy in a wheelchair and they were setting off a Roman candle and his buddy next to him is <laughs> Oh Lord, put it in reverse, Terry. Put it in reverse. He was trying to get out of there. It looked like Terry made it out unscathed, but it, it was it was the best Fourth of July video I've seen. Gosh, that was there might not have been a more popular quote in the high school hallways my senior year that put it in reverse terry <laughs> like you're you're going to uh, ask the cheerleader to prom and your buddy's trying to warn you that it's not going to happen put it in reverse terry put it in reverse all right uh by the way the sooners again see i my writing is so bad but i don't even need the reading glasses because of dr Bellardo's excellence uh, I was there to get a checkup the other day. Everything looks awesome. If you want to ditch your reading glasses, or again, if you get the text, you know, and either you have that giant King Kong Godzilla-sized text that you have to uh, put your phone on, or you have to hold the phone like 10 feet away to see what's happening, or you have to move it up real close, uh, you don't need to do that. If you go see my guy, Dr. Bellardo, and the experts at the Advanced Laser Center, here is the number, 405 405- Seven five five seventy seven hundred, or you can go online to alcok.com. They're the best in the business. Great reputation. I'm telling you, these office visits—they're unbelievable. I'm in in and out of there when I get a checkup just to make sure everything's still all right, and it, it's amazing. It really is relaxing, comfortable environment. Plus, not only that, they are the best at what they do at the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. So, to get your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo. Again, give them a call at 405-755-7700, or you can go online to alcok.com. Like they always say, if you want to see far and you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Okay, um, how about the Sooners have uh, won in the uh, 
history of the Big 12, and I know we got rid of the championship game for, what, like three years or something like that, but there was a time when Oklahoma had won more championships, Big 12 football championships, than the rest of the league combined. And like I said, the Sooners have bullied the Big 12. You know, nobody's even in the same zip code. The Sooners have 14 Big 12 championships. Texas has three. Baylor has three. K-State got number three last year by beating TCU. Nebraska got a couple. Colorado had one. Um, Who am I leaving out? Uh, TCU got one. A&M even got one. And uh, am I leaving anybody else that got a Big 12 championship? I'm trying to remember. I think that may be it. But the Sooners, again, so the total that I'm looking at right now is Oklahoma had 14 and the rest of the league, 16. I think there's one I'm leaving out, and that would be, uh, um, oh, OSU had one. OSU had one, too. My bad. My bad. All right, but, Parker, what a way to, you know, wrap up your uh, your competition in the Big 12 by going out and winning a Big 12 championship. And, again, if they improve um, – and, you know, win these close games, Oklahoma 100% should have a chance to compete and possibly win this Big 12 championship. I know people talk up Texas and the roster all the time. I, I know what happened last year, 49-zip. It was a complete catastrophe. Uh, you know, uh, Tech's going to be better. TCU could be tough. Kansas State, we know they'll be well coached, and they've given the Sooners issues. But this team, I don't know, what kind of chance do you give this team in the fall of potentially, you know, closing out the Big 12 with uh, their 15th title. I, I I, was looking over Texas Tech's schedule just a few minutes ago because there was a graphic that popped up on my Twitter feed was outlining Texas Tech's schedule. And I was like, man, that's a super easy schedule. Yeah, and, you know, it we is. kind of floated Tech as maybe the sleeper team in the Big 12 that – uh, could join the upper echelon if things break their way, much like TCU last year. And, man, I know Kansas State is always going to be a, a winning football team. I don't know if they're going to be a double-digit win football team, but they'll be competitive with anybody they got to go up against. Texas is going to be on the right side of 500. It's safe to figure that. Uh, I, I tell you what, though, looking at that tech schedule, I'm like – Man, there might be 10 wins on here. I mean, I kind of feel about Tech's schedule how I feel about Oklahoma's schedule, which is to say that there might be double-digit wins just because the schedule is that easy, not necessarily because the team is going to be that invincible, but just because the schedule is that easy. So, I look, it's hard for me not to favor Oklahoma in the Big 12 because I I would much rather bank on the Sooners six and seven record being a blip than on this finally being the year where Texas lives up to the billing. Because there we have a lot more empirical data to suggest that to suggest that the Texas breakout that is seemingly imminent every offseason is not happening in twenty twenty three than we do to suggest that Oklahoma is gonna have a repeat or anything remotely resembling the season that they had a year ago. So looking over all the schedules in the Big 12, 
I tend to favor Oklahoma above the crowd. Kansas State has to replace Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn and Felix Anudike Uzama. There are question marks for pretty much every single team in this conference, and it's pretty wide open. And in such a wide open year, even coming off a 6-7 and seven campaign, Steely, it's hard for me not to give the edge to the team that's been there and done that so many times before in Oklahoma. I, again, this team should have a chance, a really good chance. Uh, if they don't go out there and bumble and stumble and fumble around and do some of the things they did a year ago, I still think the roster is good enough to win it. It's not a, the greatest Oklahoma roster of all time, but they're going to be vastly improved on defense. I think this team's going to go out. I'm looking at 10-2 and two right now. And, uh, look, maybe I'm, maybe I'm gulping down the Kool-Aid again. I certainly did last year, man. I spilled it all over myself. But – uh, I, I just look at the schedule and uh, more depth on defense. And, uh, you know, and, and there's certainly some questions, no doubt. But, again, those are uh, those are some games that Oklahoma should absolutely put in the win column, the vast majority of them. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I'm here at Cavens Group. They are the best in the business. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you need uh, – Water testing for pollutants, meth inspection, they're doing that too. If you, uh, you know, if you're a landlord and you have some rental homes or you're thinking about buying, uh, some homes and, uh, you know, have uh, creating your own rental empire, make sure you check. Cavens can do the testing and let you know, yeah, you're good here or you could have a problem here. You want to get that cleaned up, uh, beforehand. Cavens can do that. Fire testing for wildfires and structural fires, all of that. Cavens is the best. All right. Break time. When we get back. T.J. Eckert will join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. A lot of stuff to talk about. We'll do it with T.J. up next. T.J. Eckert, that is. You already heard from, you know, T.J. Perry. You'll hear from him again tomorrow, too. But T.J. Eckert coming up next right here on The Ref. Yes, yes, he is living on Tulsa time and our time as well. Uh, the one, the only T.J. Acker joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. T.J., how we doing? How did you get through all the uh, the winds and the uh, the storms there in Tulsa? I know, man, Tulsa was really affected. How you doing? Man, it was crazy, Steely. We we are fortunate, blessed, however you want to say it. Uh, we we had a fence post or two that got damaged. Had to replace those. Uh, we were without power for less than 24 hours, probably like 18, 20 hours. Uh, so very lucky on our end. But, man, there are some people. I'm sure there's still a couple people here and there that are still without power even two weeks later. But, man, for, for the majority of Tulsa proper, power wasn't restored until almost a week after, which is crazy given the heat that we're in, too. TJ, we're going to go to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line here, and I want to see if you can help us generate some conspiracy theories. A listener... Oh has stated, at approximately 1 o'clock p.m. Central Time yesterday, I witnessed a jet with Auburn University's logo land at Wiley Post Airport. A quick Google search of the tail number confirmed that the jet was, in fact, owned by Auburn University. Can you guys speculate on that? Are they targeting a recruit that Oklahoma is pursuing? Could it be that Freeze is trying to poach some of our coaching staff? I would very much like to hear what you guys think. What is your best conspiracy theory pertinent to this situation tj oh, man 
let's see how crazy we can get here, right? I mean, if we're going to speculate, we may as well just go the, the full nine yards. Um, yeah, let's say that uh, I think Auburn's very interested in hiring Jeff Levy. I think, I think that's what Auburn wants to do. Auburn wants to bring Jeff Levy in, bring him back to the SEC, uh, I, I, that's what I, we're going to roll with that. You know, cause last year that was the rumor, right? That he was going to go somewhere else after one year at OU. He was going to be at OU and then bolt and he'd go back to the SEC. So let's, let's roll with that. Let's, let's, th- let's stoke the flame right now. Jeff Levy to Auburn confirmed. Where do we put the, uh, tracking planes crowd, uh, on the pecking order of, uh, message board <laughs> geniuses and, uh, boomer doomers and everything. Where do, where do they rate you guys? What do you think? Pretty high. Um, I will say, now I didn't do it myself, but I did have somebody during the PGA send me uh, the flight tracking for Tiger's jet whenever he came in for practice rounds and stuff. I did have somebody put me on the inside for that. I myself did not actively search out where Tiger's plane was, uh, so I can't claim to be that crazy, but pretty high up. I would say that's probably, they're probably right up there with, what do you call them, the boomer doomers? I think that's pretty good. Ah, yes, the Boomer Doomers. They they have made their presence felt in mass this week. I feel like summertime, TJ, is when a lot of the Doomers creep out of their holes because, well, there's not as much going on, so there's more to fret about. Yeah, well, you know, it's like on like talk, like sports talk show, like on TV, like the, the shows on ESPN right now, they're talking about who's had a better career between LeBron and Brady. Like that's where they're <laughs> at right now, which means that we as uh, <laughs> local media have to find something else to stir up. So it's, what, what could go wrong in the off season for Oklahoma football? That's, that's the point in li- uh, of time where we're at right now. And then when Big 12 Media Day gets here, we'll be able to talk about how excited the program is for the team coming back. Venables loves all the players he's got. We, you know, we'll probably be talking about a national championship in the next few weeks whenever Big 12 media days roll. That's just the way it goes. TJ, we've talked about Oklahoma's schedule, and it seems to be a pretty easy one in the fall of 2023. Yeah. I, I am curious because it does feel like, really for the last 20 years or so, OU hasn't gone undefeated in the regular season since 2003. Feels like for the last 20 years, there's always that one unexpected pitfall. Right, where it's not necessarily the team you expect Oklahoma to struggle with, but for whatever reason, they show up on a Saturday and they're, they've just got some doldrums that they can't manage to shake off, and it culminates in an upset loss. Looking over this schedule, who do you think is the most likely candidate to be that team for Oklahoma this fall? Because they avoid Kansas State, they avoid Baylor, and they dodge a Texas Tech team that could be a sleeper pick to make a run to Arlington as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's honestly you mentioned it. and We've talked about it, as you said. How it just feels like everything lines up pretty well. It feels like all the tough games are pretty much at home, and you you got to go to Dallas for OU Texas, uh, Bedlam's in Stillwater, so that that's always a, a toss up. You know, in terms of sneaking up, like I don't know how good TCU is going to be this year, but I mean I, they were obviously a national championship team last year, made it to the finals, so I wouldn't be necessarily sneaking up. BYU, going to Provo is not easy, and it sounds like BYU doesn't have a lot coming back. They weren't great last year. So, I mean, that could be considered sneaking up, but I think Provo is a tough place to play. So even that wouldn't really wouldn't be one that I would consider a massive, massive upset unless BYU is just terrible and we go into November and they just they find a way to win their fourth game or something like that against OU. I'd keep an eye on Cincinnati. I, I don't Cincinnati I also don't think is that good, but 
you only get them once. They're coming to your place. Probably going to be a night game up there, if I had to guess. I don't know. And it's, those games are tough. That's a tough place to play. Those fans are pretty crazy. We've seen some good American crowds uh, from the Tulsa games when CU plays Cincinnati. And so I don't, I don't necessarily – I wouldn't pick Cincinnati to win that game. But in terms of, like, truly sneaking up and winning – uh, that would be one that I would I would keep uh, my closest eye on is that Cincinnati game to start Big 12 play. We were talking about this earlier, uh, T.J. Eckert uh, with us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Um, I have talked about, I believe, and I really believe this is the most important year in OU football history based on where the program mm-hmm. is, where it's headed. Uh, you know, uh, like I've said, in the Big 12, it's been kind of like a tough, public course you know and now they're going Hmm. to play a u.s open uh you know nightmare like wingfoot or oakmont or something like that so i think this season again in terms of getting momentum back and being able to carry the recruiting torch the way they've been able to do it for so long at oklahoma this year to me is the biggest year in OU football history and i Couple people, most a lot of people agree with me, but a couple people, Steely, that's so much hyperbole. It's ridiculous. Most important year ever. I, what do you think about though the importance level of this season for OU and just what it means? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think Steely, there's always going to be people who who don't like speaking in hyperbole or like speaking in absolutes. And but in terms of everything that's going into this season, your last one in the Big Twelve, year two with Brent Venables, about to jump into the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I, at least in the past, I don't even know. I, I'm trying to think back to a year where it, it felt like there's been more pressure. And I, honestly, I don't feel like there has been. So I, I would tend to agree with you. I'd have to go back and look. But I, I would, I'm kind of in your camp because, you know, obviously it's important to have a good year this year. Like, it'd be great to have a good step up for Brent Venables in the second season. But really it's about trying to build some confidence and momentum in what you're doing as you go into what you're calling the U.S. Open and the SEC next season. I think there's always pressure at OU. Normally it's pressure to make it to the playoff, make it, you know, win a national championship. They talk about that standard or whatever. But it feels like the pressure now is like, hey, you just won six games last year. Like the pressure is to not replicate that again because then you're really – you're in a bad spot. I mean, going if you have another rough year, it's two bad years in a row as you leave the Big 12 to go into the toughest conference in the country with a head coach who hasn't been a head coach before. And so then there's a lot of questions that get raised. So, yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with you. This is probably the most important season, maybe not from, I mean, from a wins-loss standpoint, sure it is. But really it's just they've got to build some momentum and build some confidence in what they're doing before going into the SEC. Okay, TJ, so let's say Oklahoma falls somewhere in the middle in 2023. Let's say they don't win the Big 12, but it's also not terrible. It's not what it was a season ago. Let's say they win eight, nine games, and they're kind of in no man's land. How do you gauge Mm -hmm. that heading into the SEC move? Because obviously you fall flat on your face. Expectations are going to be darn near zero as you transition to the SEC. If you win the Big 12, everybody's feeling optimistic. Everybody feels like – okay, we can contend with just about anybody in the SEC once we make that transition, given that it's going to be year three under Venables. But what right. if it's a, what if it is neither? What if it's somewhere in that twilight zone? Are you asking for, like, a job security standpoint? Well, or? not necessarily. Like, how – basically what I'm asking is how would you gauge Oklahoma's ability to compete? Like, are, do you tend more towards the optimistic side or more towards the pessimistic side – if there's 
some reason to believe that Oklahoma's headed in the right direction, but it doesn't feel yeah. like they've completely turned the corner. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a good question, Park, because there's lots of elements to it. Like, if you if you go, or that would be 8-4 and four in the regular season, if you go 8-4, and 8-5, and, um, and you continue losing close games, because they lost a bunch of close games last year. And so if you continue having struggles in the fourth quarter or late in games, but you win a couple more games, like, that, to me – I would rather them win, you know, I would rather, obviously I'd rather them win all of them, but I would, I would rather them win a similar amount of games but be better in close games. Cause that shows that Venables and that staff is improving in the late game scenarios. Like that's kind of where I'm at is seeing the jump, not just from the roster, like the recruiting is going to come. They've had some, they've had, they got a good class last year. It feels like they're building some momentum in the recruiting this year, but the coaching side of things, late in games, when you're as a, as a new head coach, you know, managing timeouts, managing, late game scenarios, like that stuff's important. And so if he's able to jump himself, Venables, this season, then for me that's, that's encouraging. Now, if they win eight games and they lose a bunch of close games, I, I, would, I would still be concerned. I would be more on the, the pessimistic side because the schedule's easier and the conference obviously is easier being in the Big 12. So if they win eight games, I would be more in the pessimistic group than I would be in the optimistic group. Now, if they win nine, ten, eleven games, like – Sure. Yeah, you could be. There's there's reason to be excited, but again, it goes back to how are you handling those late game scenarios because that's what that's going to be huge going to the SEC as well, and you're going into a new conference in year three. So I, I'm looking for a nice jump from Venables in the coaching department, and then we can see what the roster and all that looks like as they go into year three. Yeah, I agree. And as much as I love Brent, there were a few times yeah. last year you looked over there and Brent did have a little bit of a deer in the headlights look on a few occasions. Uh, and you know that that can happen to even the best uh, you know coordinators once they make that step up. I, I think year two he'll handle that a lot better. TJ, appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon. Have a great uh, holiday weekend coming up. Yeah, you guys, you guys as well. Be careful, and we'll talk next week. All right, here at Cavens Group, and we got to get a break in right here. We're going to get locked in at the top of the hour. We've got one more segment to go. We'll try and get as many texts in as we can. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us here on this Thursday. Steelman and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Here with you at Cavens Group. Love being out here. 13 years in business. Best reputation in this business. Emergency cleanup. Uh, testing operations. It is Cavens Group leading it the way. They are the best. Put the numbers in your emergency, uh, in your phone as a contact. Emergency, just put Cavens Group in there. That way, if something ever disastrous happens to you, whether it's a flood or a fire situation or you got mold in your home or something that you didn't anticipate, you need to get them out there as quickly as possible. First of all, they're going to respond before anybody else, but give them a call. Uh, in the metro area, 405-573-3048, Cavens Group, C-A-V-I-N-S, Cavens Group, 405-573-3048, Tulsa, 918-282-7612, online at cavensgroup.com. Love being here on Thursdays, and our, our back-to-back remotes, Thursday and Friday, it doesn't get any better, man. It doesn't get any better. We go from one winner to another. One organization that's the best, that gives back to the community. Here at Cavens, Riverwind Casino, the Chickasaws do the same thing. Riverwind tomorrow. 
the newly renovated Riverwind Casino. We have Riverwind back full blast because we have uh, shows back at the Showplace Theater, Earth, Wind, and Fire, lit up the stage, had some people who told me it was unbelievable, Earth, Wind, and Fire, last week. And uh, we've got shows on the way, Collective Soul, July 21st, Josh Turner on July 28th, Counting Crows, August 25th, Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis. Tickets are still available for those shows. I didn't even mention the other shows that are already sold out. Earth, Wind, and Fire was sold out. Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian, sold out. Dwight Yoakam in August, REO, Chicago coming. Big time shows in a great environment at the Showplace Theater. They're back. So get your tickets online at riverwind.com. And you can get outdoors and uh, have a great time at Beats and Bites 2023, presented by Coop Ale Works. Outdoor concert series at Riverwind. Great food trucks everywhere. Great music. Games, activities for the kids, arts and crafts. Great craft beer as well from Coop Ale Works, the, uh, the uh, presenting sponsor with Riverwind. And next up, July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. That's coming up. And they have an incredible fireworks display afterwards out at Riverwind. So if you haven't seen the renovation out there, get on out there. Get on out to Riverwind. Check it out. It's big time. Justin and the crew, I know how hard uh, they planned that. You know, they had the planning stages and trying to get it done one little piece at a time so it didn't interrupt, you know, the uh, the gameplay on the casino floor. And they, they you know, did it by bits and pieces, and it looks unbelievable. So a lot of things happening. Can't wait to be out at the one and only Riverwind Casino tomorrow. All right, uh, Parker, what do you want to talk about to close it out here? What's on your mind? Well, let's see what the folks want to talk about on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Todd Bates' nemesis coming with more positivity. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? He says, I think... We can get offensive linemen to flip when we win ten when we win ten plus games this year. I also think the same on Peyton Pierce. Hmm, could be interesting. Could be very interesting. Uh, what are the chances? All right, how much time do we have left? We've got, I think I've got time to ask you this. So, uh, just looking at some of the guys that are still out there, if the Sooners, based on what they have now, uh, let's say. They get David Stone. Let's say they get Winery. Let's say they get Nigel Smith. Let's say they get Taylor Tatum and Caden Durham. How high would that push this class up? And then you know they're going to get more than that. But let's just let's start with those guys. How how high? What would the ceiling be for Oklahoma in this class if that happened? I mean, they could climb as high, I think, as number three, maybe even number two in the nation as far as their recruiting class in a perfect world. Look, we don't live in a perfect world, and we don't live in a world where Oklahoma's going to get every single one of their top targets or every single one of the guys even that we favor Oklahoma for at this point in time. Recruiting is highly fluid. Things change. Two months ago, Taylor Tatum wasn't even on the radar as a potential addition to Oklahoma's class. And also, two months ago, we were kind of conceding Bryant-Wesco to the Sooners. So things can change, and they can change quickly. But if everything aligns according to the Sooners' best laid plans, they could be a top-five class. I would project them right now in that 6-10 to 10 range, though. 
There you go. And, uh, I mean, there are others out there, too. Jaden Jackson or Danny Okoye. There are a lot more big-time prospects out there as well, other than the names we mentioned. So it feels like the Sooners are getting a little more momentum, clearly, in recruiting. All right. want to thank Gary and the crew out here. Always a pleasure to be out here at Cavens. Another big-time organization tomorrow. We'll be out at Riverwind. Can't wait to get out there. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday.